BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Hey, this is Annie, and welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And today, we have a very special recording for you for a couple of reasons. First off, Samantha is away. I'm going to talk about it more for in a second, but she is on a birthday trip. She is better from COVID, but she's on a birthday trip. But that means that my good friend, Lauren, and co-worker Lauren, who is on the Saver podcast with me, is filling in on what is quite an interesting experience we're having right now. We'll talk about it in a second. <laughs> but welcome, Lauren, to Sminty. Oh, thank you. Yes. Hi. Hello. Uh, I am so glad to be here in this bizarre circumstance with you. Thank you. <laughs> you, you stepped up because we got asked to go on this work trip to Las Vegas, um, where we are recording live from the iHeart podcast studio powered by Bose at the House of Music at the iHeart Radio Music Festival. And it's like a booth in the middle of a festival. Of a music festival? <laughs> yes. So yeah, and we have like this cool, just 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 plexiglass door. Yeah. So it feels like an action figure box. It does So passerby can just kind of like stare at us and take pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which makes me, as a podcaster who does this in my house with my cat, yeah. uh, very comfortable. This is completely natural. <laughs> right, <laughs> very natural. I mean, yeah. I, I'm looking out right now and trying not to, to think too much about it. <laughs> but <laughs> we are very excited to have you. Thank you so much for volunteering to talk about this. Um, and we're going to have fun. We're going to have fun. Oh, we certainly are. If it had been any other topic, I might have been like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you do that one by yourself. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so we're here for the iHeart Music Festival and... I, we've had a we've had a good time. We've had oh, a good yeah. time. Yeah. But it's been a whirlwind. 
And yes, yeah, Samantha is away. Her birthday is September 26th, which happens to be the last of us day. She always makes fun of me when I point that out. <laughs> um, but uh, that got me thinking, like, what could we talk about that would be in that kind of horror realm? All right. You know, I don't need an excuse to talk about stuff like that. Zero percent. Right. Um, but I was like, what could it be? And then I was thinking, what could it be that would fit with you and it wouldn't be too much research? And then I realized it's the 30th anniversary of The X-Files. Ooh, which makes me feel very old, but <laughs> in a really fun way. Yeah, yes. <laughs> well, I'm glad for that. <laughs> um, and so I was just like, I feel The X-Files, and we're going to talk about this, has come up in so many of our episodes when that wasn't the topic that wasn't the case that wasn't what we were looking into because you've done a couple on purpose like you did one about uh about scully like in general Mm -hmm. as like a fictional lady human um and then you did one with bridget um about yeah the the scully effect in science effect yeah yes and we will talk about that a little bit but i i it just kept coming up and i was so intrigued by that i was so interested in why it is that I'm looking into the history of shipping and I'm learning about (laughs) X-Files or I'm looking into the history of fan fiction and I'm learning about Uh uh X-Files. And as your listeners probably know, you're not talking about like ground to air shipping. Like you're you're talking about like fan fiction shipping. No, but hilariously enough, Samantha did think that's what we were talking about in the shipping episode. (laughs) Samantha, I love you. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) That's so cool. Oh, geez. She was like, what are we talking about? Ground shipping? I was like, no. <laughs> no, honey. No. No. So I thought it would just be fun when we're here in Las Vegas. We're in this very interesting setup. <laughs> if we could have a conversation about both how this show impacted the internet, because as I've said a million times, I'll say it again in this probably, when we're talking about fan fiction, when we're talking about fan spaces, a lot of that is women, mm-hmm. non-binary people, yeah. queer people. So I think it is, if anyone's like, why is this on a feminist show? I think that that is enough to to be worth talking about. Yeah. But also the impact of Scully specifically. But I, I, I just think it would be fun for you and me who liked the show, but have different perspectives to discuss. Um, at <laughs> yeah. this 30th anniversary. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Also, Samantha oh. made it very clear that uh, we have a book that we're trying to sell. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> this is the Stuff Mom Never Told You book. And there is a bunch of stuff about Scully in there. So Oh, heck yeah. Tied in. Okay, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, but all right. Let's just, I feel like sometimes, do you ever feel this way, Lauren, where you know something so well, you feel like you don't have to explain it? (laughs) Absolutely. But you're not (laughs) sure if maybe no one else knows what you're talking about. I, yes, I feel that exact way about the X-Files. Okay, great. And so I kind of try to, I I feel like I overcompensate by over-explaining, actually. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I am in the same boat. But... So that being said, I am not going to give a big uh, explainer of the X-Files. That would take way too long. And that's not really what this is about. But I will tell you a brief 
summary. Great, sure, perfect. Yeah, okay. yeah. Let's let's ground ourselves in reality before we go completely bonkers. <laughs> Love it. The truth is out there. <laughs> uh, the X Files is a sci-fi paranormal television show that debuted in 1993, and it follows. The Believer, uh, Fox Mulder, played by David Duchovny, and the skeptic, Dana Scully, played by Gillian Anderson. They're FBI agents uh, that are assigned to the X-Files, which is sort of a catch-all for weird, paranormal, and strange cases uh, that pretty much no one else but Mulder wants to work (laughs) on. Would you add anything else to that description? Uh, Yeah, his nickname around uh, the, the, the FBI campus is Spooky. Fox, spooky Mulder. So that pretty much tells you what you need to know. Yeah, and he's like in a basement, like in the dark. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it like it like used to be the copy room. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and then Scully gets called. The uh, Dana Scully gets called in to basically like tattle on him. Right. That's how it starts. Mm-hmm. So she's supposed to be the one that's like. Mm-mm. Yeah, she, and, and she is a skeptic. She is. She is. And again, if this was a different episode, we could talk about she has. Doesn't she have? She wears. She a wears cross, a cross. Yeah. And there's a whole arc examining her <sighs> Absolutely. beliefs. Absolutely, her faith. Her faith. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when this came out, I read a lot of uh, articles that were like it was not set up to be successful. It was. It was coming out on Friday nights, I believe, which is sort of known as the Death Swatch. Yeah. Yeah. Even the creator, Chris Carter, definitely didn't think it was going to get more than one season. He was epically unprepared for that <laughs> for that happening and was kind of like scrambling. He was like, oh, m- 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 more? Really? I wasn't. I, I This plot arc doesn't make any sense. Really? <laughs> okay. Sure. I'll figure something out. <laughs> so if you've ever thought that the myth arc, if, you, if you're a watcher of the X-Files and you've ever thought that the myth arc is very silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that, that's maybe the reason why. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what a fascinating <laughs> mindset to be like, this is definitely going to fail. Oh, whoa, oh, I whoa. did it. Oh, no, what do I do now? <laughs> <laughs> BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. 
I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun! Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. But one of the interesting things, the X-Files came out during third wave feminism, and it was very, there was a lot of stuff happening yeah. um, in this sphere. And one of the interesting things about Scully, who we're, we're going to talk about a lot in this, is that she was the skeptic. She was playing against kind of stereotypical gendered type. Yeah. And according to Chris Carter, who was the creator of the series, he, he was like, immediately he wanted to cast her. But the network was like, they want they wanted a bombshell. And apparently they wanted <laughs> Pamela Anderson. I love this. I love this alternate universe in which that <laughs> happened. Uh, no, I mean, okay, first of all, I am personally offended that anyone would say that Jillian Anderson is not a bombshell. Right. Uh, she is a beautiful lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's that episode, there's a, an image that lives in my mind permanently and thank they thank the universe for for living there is uh, the, the the moment in an episode of Hannibal season three when she is swanning oh, yes. through an Italian palazzo and she is just a divine creature yes. just absolutely heckin gorgeous and I'm just like so so a I'm offended <laughs> um but B yeah um what a, what a gift that the network was that wrong and that Chris Carter fought back yeah uh, <laughs> um also, <laughs> uh, Carter said he didn't want romance between Mulder and Scully. We are going to be talking about that a lot. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It didn't turn out that way, I guess. But uh, no. And so this is one of the interesting things. And we're about to get into this. I have seen all the X-Files. If you've listened to the other episodes we've done of the X-Files, though, my memory's not great. Oh. Lauren is here Oof-da. to help me through. Uh, a little bit, yeah. Well, okay. So, I, so I've I haven't watched past season six with any regularity. There, mm. there are there are what nine original seasons, and then they came back and did two shorter ones, ten, mm-hmm. ten and eleven, uh, like twenty years later. Yep. Um, two movies. Two movies. I saw the first movie. I don't think I ever bothered seeing the second one. Um, so up through season like six, I have a near like photographic okay. memory. Uh-huh. Because I watched these episodes over and over and over and <laughs> over and over again mm-hmm. in a way that only like an 11 year old <laughs> with no job can do. <laughs> Just nothing but like a VHS and nothing else going on. So, right. yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. Did you record them? Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> okay. Yes, I heckin' did. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to pick your brain about this in a second because, <laughs> okay. yes, I, I would love to talk about that. But yes, uh, the, there was this whole idea of Scully being kind of the more logical, skeptical one, which was new. Yeah, yeah. And and her being right, like her being the scientist, like Mulder is kind of the like impassioned creative ideas guy. And mm-hmm. she's the one going like, really, Mulder? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like she's the one constantly having to, to, to like check him and like be like, 
could we bring logic to this conversation literally at all? (laughs) And him usually going, we know. But uh, but yeah, because like Mulder is an absolute mess. Like, and this is known from like the first episodes. Like he is just, Zany is putting it kindly. Uh, (laughs) And like, he he definitely, I I think within the first uh, season, he's like observed to have a little bit of a like porn addiction. Oh what? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's wow. He's he's like calling sex lines. Like his yeah. Like he is completely incapable of having a relationship with a real human woman. Um, he's frequently through these episodes the damsel in distress that Scully has to come save. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like Scully has her heckin' life together. Mm-hmm. Like like she is. I mean, until she meets Mulder, <laughs> and then she kind of gets dragged. Is Mulder is Mulder a manic pixie dream boy? Oh, he might be. Oh, no. Okay. okay. <laughs> that that warrants some thought. Uh, <laughs> you know? Something else you said, because you, when I gave you this assignment, if you kindly <laughs> stepped up, you have been re-watching some old episodes. I have. I've been watching like all of my favorite like season one through season three episodes this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's it honestly holds up. It's okay. I'm biased. Like I have no, <laughs> I have no way to be uh, unbiased about this show because I loved it so hard and so much when I was a tiny child, um, mm-hmm. or like a, like a teenager, which is the same thing. <laughs> um, uh, no offense to any teenagers out there right now. Um, I was certainly a tiny child during that, that time. But, uh, but yeah, I feel it holds up. I feel like it really, like the writing is sharp. Um, uh, David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson are both doing a bang up job. Um, all of the random side characters are doing interesting things. Like they're making interesting choices. Mm-hmm. And and some of the, like, yeah, like I was picking and choosing episodes very carefully. Um, <laughs> do, do, okay, my favorite, my favorite are four that were written by this one writer, Darren Morgan. Okay. Uh, he's the little brother of Glenn Morgan, who's one of the director producers of the series. And from the beginning, he was like, please let me write for this show. This seems so cool. It's right up my alley. And Glenn was like, nah. Um, but if you want to get in this rubber fluke man costume and <laughs> sit in a pool for 10 hours to film the fluke man episode, then you can do that. And he said, yes. <laughs> and, then, and then either later, later in the first season or maybe at the beginning of the second season, he's got to start writing. And he wrote my four favorite episodes, uh-huh. which are, um, yes. humbug, uh, Jose Chung's from Outer Space, War of the Cofferphages, and um, Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose. Oh, great titles! Right? Yeah. Yeah. And they're like they're like the funny episodes. Like uh-huh. they're they're definitely making fun of the tropes that X Files has already set up. Right. Um. And and like really playing with like how silly and funny these situations can be. Yeah, and that was another thing you pointed out was that. This is a, if you haven't seen it, and I'm always interested when people discover things late or if they're younger and they discover it after it's long been off the air, that it's a genre show where, like, you get all kinds of things in it. Oh, yeah. It's, like, one is very scary, one is funny, one is a cop's, like, satire. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and and it's not, I mean, like, right, like, like, there's usually some kind of, 
supernatural, paranormal kind of kind of element right. to it. But other than that, they're really allowed to be either dramatic or funny or right or horrifying or horrifying in different ways. Like you might go body horror one episode and yeah. then have a totally different like jump scare kind of horror in another one. And it's just like what what they're up to. And I love the idea of that writer's room being so open and so free to be able to do that. And I think that's part yeah. of why it was such a good show. It was, and it resonated with a lot of people, and we're going to talk about that. And it resonated with me and Lauren. Um, so I thought we would go into sort of our personal experiences here. Okay. Um, yes. Yep. Yepers. So, yes. <laughs> As I've discussed before <laughs> several times, I have a very bad track record of not listening to my parents when they would tell me not to watch something. And then it turns out they were right. I probably shouldn't have watched something. <laughs> uh-huh. It's um, like they knew you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like yeah. they were like, yeah, you uh-huh. just shouldn't do that. <laughs> uh, so I had been told I shouldn't watch it. I really wanted to watch it. And I snuck in and watched it. And I would like watch it. I would time it because it would come on. There would be reruns on Sundays at like 3 a.m. And yeah. I would like play it really low <laughs> when I get close to the TV. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they found out because I started having nightmares. And they're like, what? Where is this coming from? And I was like, like, oh, no, no reason. <laughs> they're like, where did you hear of Killer Bees? And I was like, the news. <laughs> <laughs> terrible liar. I'm a terrible liar. That's amazing. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> there is a killer bee episode. There is. Me very there badly. is. Yeah. Um, so I was banned for a while, but eventually the ban was lifted and I was allowed to watch again. And I would watch it with my friend over the phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. In the day of like corded phones. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we would, she, her satellite connection was a little bit better than mine. Mm-hmm. And she, I would hear her gasp. And I'd be like, what? And then a second later, I'd be like, oh. Oh. <laughs> it was so fun. So it's like, cute. yeah. <laughs> and this is also, I've told the story a million times. I didn't have the language for it at the time, but this is when I realized probably gay. <laughs> oh yeah. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't, um, I didn't realize certainly at the time, right, right. Like I was 11, it was 1993. I didn't have the linguistics for this yet. Um, but, uh, but in college when I realized I'm bi, I was like, oh, Mulder and Scully. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Why didn't I see this before? (laughs) It's like in retrospect, I'm like, duh, like what? Like, Mm -hmm. but, but, but that was like the one example that Mm -hmm. I would like, people would be like, what real, like, like what I, I had kind of like my coming out to my friends. I think this is actually the first time I've ever come out on a podcast. So welcome. Oh, welcome to that. Welcome. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but right. Like, like I, like people would be like, what are you talking about? And I would be like Mulder and Scully. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I would be like, really? I'm like, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> How I feel. Yeah. It was, I just remember. Cause I think it, I was in seventh grade when I realized and I was just watching it. And again, I didn't have the language for yeah. it, but I was just like, uh, mm, <laughs> I have an interest here. something. <laughs> I feel the same way about these two characters. Um, and we're not alone because that there is essay. There are essays you can find about how, quote, Jillian Anderson, Dana Scully made me gay uh, <laughs> from the 90s. Uh, she's joking, jokingly referred to as the gateway lesbian of choice. 
So. Uh, she's a good one. Come on. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And those pantsuits? Let's go. I know. She I actually, made them look very sharp. Oh, she did. I have a whole theory about this, <laughs> and we can't get into it. But okay. I feel like it's sort of the when people are not conforming to their stereotypical genders. Oh, and that's sure. when people are like, like hmm, oh, wait a minute. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But that was my experience. What about you, Lauren? Yeah. So, so right. So, so this show started coming out when I was 11 and I was immediately hooked. My dad didn't want, he, he my, my dad didn't like spooky things. So he never wanted to be watching it. Like I couldn't watch it with him in the room, mm. but which is part of why I started videotaping it. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, but I was, it was, he was totally like, yeah, do whatever you want, kid. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I was, I was obsessed. Mm-hmm. I was very obsessed. I was like, it, it was sort of my whole personality for a while, like that level. Yeah. Um, and it was very intense. Um, it was an intense <laughs> love. Uh-huh. Uh, but you know, like, like to, like to the point that, um, I definitely, I, I was, I was on the yearbook staff if that wasn't already clear to anybody. <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> um, we, because I was on the yearbook staff, we could have basically whatever we wanted printed on the front of the book instead of our name. Oh. And I def, my, my height, my senior year yearbook definitely says Lauren DeCovney. <laughs> on the oh, cover. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm so happy to have learned this. I am very embarrassed, but it's okay. It's just it's, okay. It's okay. That's fine. You know about my first email, Neo's Angel. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so I loved Neo from The Matrix. It's all right. <laughs> also, Neo and Trinity. Come on. It's right there. Yes. Oh, oh gosh. gosh. You're so <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so right. So, um, I, I kind of fell off watching around uh, season six to seven. Uh, I think partially because, like, I went to school and I didn't have uh, TV access really anymore. But partially because, like, the show was going through these changes. Like, the first movie had come out between seasons five and six, and uh, David Duchovny had the show moved to LA. They had been previously filming in Vancouver, and just the whole palette of the show changed. And like, a lot of the the the, the crew was different. Like, I don't know, the feel was different. Mm-hmm. And and, uh, and then, yeah, Duchovny took some time off and they had different characters in there. And I was like, I don't care about this, mm-hmm. which is sad. Yeah. Or I mean, it certainly was at the time. Like, it kind of broke my heart. Yeah, when you love something so much and then it's just it either because you don't like the how it's going anymore or just move on. It's sad. I hear you. I, I watched all of it. I was definitely sad when David Duchovny left. Yeah. I mean, I love Robert Patrick, um, yeah. who, is, who played Agent Doggett, who stepped in as yeah. the skeptic to Scully's believer. Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly, <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. I did want to pick your brain about some plot point stuff because... Oh, gosh. Uh, well, okay. just a couple of specific things. Okay. Because like I said, you you have been watching stuff and I... My memory, even though I've watched it all, I have very specific, clear memories of certain things and then nothing else. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but one of the big things I do remember is the pregnancy arc with Scully. And right. I didn't know there was like kind of a real life thing going on as well. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so what happened with this was uh, in season five, it's revealed that Scully had had a baby while she was alien abducted uh, back in season two mm-hmm. um, during the episodes Dwayne Barry and Ascension, which are two of the episodes that I just watched. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. gosh. Um, uh, <laughs> Research. This is, this is like extra nerdy for me. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you're you're in a good place. <laughs> um, but 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 right. The the whole abduction thing was written in because Jillian Anderson was pregnant in real life, mm-hmm. and she had to go have a baby. Um, and the episodes leading up to this, like her coats keep getting bigger, and like her costumes uh. keep getting billowier, and like yeah, and then. And then um, she, had, she, she she goes, she has the baby, she's off the show for like maybe like one episode. And then she comes back and, um, you know, the, the, the plot of this is that she's coming back from being, from having disappeared for a period of time. And she's like lying in a hospital and I swear to heck, they must have like built up her boobs to like hide the pregnancy stomach. Like, and cause, cause she's a slight little lady. Yeah. And those boobs are huge. <laughs> I mean, it, it could be, it could be her milk had come in. I'm not sure. I wasn't there, but it, it definitely looked hilarious. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So, 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 right. So they bring in this, this, this plot arc in season five. Uh, it turns out that the baby had been adopted out, and then I think the child died shortly after that. Um, Scully is at the time pronounced infertile. But then definitely has a baby in se- in season eight, some kind right. of like miracle baby that I guess has psychic powers. I didn't watch that part. I don't know. I guess it's <laughs> I guess it's Mulder's child. I thought it was. 
But then I thought it was an alien chat. Maybe it's all Maybe of it. it's both. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. She has that smallpox bee alien yes. goo thing going on. So she That's could have true. weird DNA in there. I don't know. I don't know her life. That's true. <laughs> I actually am fascinated and I want to come back to at some point the depiction of pregnancy and horror. Yes. 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 <laughs> I love this. I love this. I will come back and talk about this literally anytime. I love so much that like the one admittance that we get from dudes in Hollywood that being female might suck <laughs> uh, is all of these horror pregnancy tropes. Yes. Yes. Anyway, in <laughs> every horror, you're like, oh, you're pregnant? Oh, no. Oh, uh, no. Nope. <laughs> nope. No. Or when, like, a dude is pregnant in whatever way, right. like an alien or something like that, how completely horrifying it, it's, it's horrifying. It's it's yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Well, another day. Yeah, uh, yeah. But something else you mentioned that I uh, didn't pick up on when I was watching this is how Scully is kind of depicted as a foil. There's other women that are kind of <laughs> yeah yeah so okay so so like the the principal cast of the show is really like scully and a bunch of dudes mm -hmm. it's basically all dudes and scully but like like there's there's lady characters in like episode to episode and um and i remember them all being uh you know if anyone has watched more of it more more recently than me like check me if i'm wrong but i remember them always being written as like people mm -hmm. like imagine that like weird. <laughs> um, i know right <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, like occasionally episodes would be centered around, yeah, like like using speculative fiction to create metaphors around lady issues of one kind or another, which were probably a little bit too on the nose, but yeah, but that's okay. Um, yeah. uh, certainly one <laughs> one standout side random lady character for me is uh, Dr. Bambi Berenbaum. <laughs> <laughs> the name alone. Who is an entomologist. Okay. Um, I'm saying the right one. It's bugs, not words. Yeah, entomologist. Yes, yes great. And uh, yeah, she, <laughs> her parents were both naturalists. That's why she has the name Bambi. Oh, okay. Okay, but sure. um, she is this lovely kind of buxom woman um, who Mulder meets in one of my favorite episodes, War of the Coffer Pages, in season three. And he has he's he has a total crush on her. He's uh -huh. like goofy. Hard eyes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The whole thing. The whole thing. And she's talking about cockroaches and he hates bugs. And like, <laughs> so it's very funny. But like, but like also like Scully is like trying to get a hold of him while he's trying to get his game on. Oh, no. And at one point he just answers the the the, the phone and goes like, not now and hangs it right back up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so when Scully finally meets her, like Scully is very um, snippy, uh -huh. which I, which I didn't, which I get was like funny, but I don't appreciate the writing of. I hate the trope of like ladies hate other ladies, especially right. when there's a love interest possibly involved. Right. Especially because they were not even in a relationship at that point, except in my mind. Right. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we're going to talk about this in the shipping part, but I feel like that's, yeah, that's, what are you doing at that point? Right. Yeah. Come on. But that was, that was a thing like, like the, I was certainly noticing going back through, uh, like they start acting like an old married couple pretty much immediately. <laughs> like, really? and, and, and certainly when she gets abducted in season two, like it is clear that Mulder would kill or die for this lady. Like wow. he is just completely, it's so, sort of like a, a Zara Fell and Crowley and, oh. uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so again, Lauren, you have you I'm so glad you're here because you're bringing such knowledge to it. Because I like I said, I don't want listeners to be hearing me and be like, what? She doesn't know anything about this. I did watch it all, but I think I was just too young. Oh, sure. Uh, to pick up on a lot of it. But um, that is definitely interesting that they were already especially since Chris Carter, as we already said, was saying I didn't want a romantic relationship. And then it seems like... Yeah. It's also like, it's so difficult to, uh, you know, you have two attractive people together. Mm -hmm. And I think the the, the reaction is like, oh, they're in a relationship. Yeah. Especially yes. if it's if it's two people who are supposed who are like attracted to that sex of person, right? Or that gender, yeah, right. Um, yeah. And so like so like part of it is just that we have so few examples in media of people who aren't in relationships, so people who are just friends and who that is a sustained long term friendship. Yes, absolutely. which is borked. That is completely <laughs> yes. silly. That happens in real life so many times. Yes. Yes. And I, I've been talking about this, too, uh, because since I, I'm not into romance, um, I identify as gray, sexual, asexual. Uh, I don't know why I'm always looking for a romance and stuff. Uh, <laughs> like, why is this happening? Oh, I don't man. even like it. Yeah. Um, but, but it feels like we've made it into a more important relationship. Absolutely. Than a friendship. And that shouldn't be. It shouldn't. No. Um, but oh my goodness, that we're we're almost getting to the shipping part of this. We are, we are, we are. Um, uh, one one other lady that I wanted to point out from the show uh, is starting in season four. There was a lady informant. Uh, we had previously had uh, 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 Deep Throat and Mister X, and now this lady informant came in okay. um, uh, by the name of Marita um, Cor 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 Nikes. Yes, that's her name. It's Russian. Um, oh. uh, but anyway, she, she was this like very ice cream stereotype. Uh -huh. And so um, and so she was also in contrast with Scully being so much um, right. goofier and warmer and like, yeah, right. fans hated her. Oh, no. Hated sure. her. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, this is, I mean, going back to your point, is she's the only woman in the show. I feel like every other woman that comes on is going to be pitted against her. Oh, totally. Yeah. Which is, we've talked about that before. It shouldn't be the case that, like, there's one spot and then everyone, everyone else is else. an enemy of yeah, that one absolutely. spot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, if your entire principal cast is white and then you necessarily only have room for black people to be villains. And it's just like, right. that is so wrong. Why is this a thing? Yes. Oh, Supernatural and Buffy, what the heck were you doing? <laughs> anyway. Yes. <laughs> yes, anyway. Uh, <laughs> one of the reasons I really wanted to talk about this is because since it's the 30th anniversary, there have been a lot of headlines about how the X-Files shaped the internet. Right. Yes. Yeah. And this is actually not a thing that I realized until you, until you brought it to my attention. Yes. And it's wild how much of, a, of an impact it had. Um, and again, as I said, with fan fiction, this is a this is a space that has a lot of women, a lot of queer people, a lot of marginalized people in it because perhaps they're not represented in the thing they're watching or the thing they're enjoying. So 
I wanted to go into a couple of those things and talk about our maybe experiences with that. <laughs> but one of the big things is communities, like fan communities online. And when the show came out in 1993, that was when a lot of us in the United States were getting access to the internet yeah. regularly for the first time. Uh, it might not have been good. Oh, no, 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 no. That was, that was definitely during dialogue phase. Yes. Oh, yeah. That, that, that modem sound lives in my brain forever. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's the sound of nightmares. <laughs> Younger listeners, you don't know. You don't even know. Um, but the interesting thing, too, I was thinking about this, is that kind of dovetails with how... Um, I feel like the internet allowed a lot of these, like, here's this picture of Bigfoot. Here's this, like, oh, sure. it kind of proliferated a lot of things that the X-Files was talking about. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, and right, right. It really made possible because previous to that, like anyone who was, who was talking about those kind of mysteries and, and real world lore and fringe theories, like had to do it by zine and fan right. and, and like mail. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so you might, you might write letters back and forth, um, but the internet let people connect like that. It did. I mean, not instantly. Like, you had to go make a cup of coffee while a page loaded, but... <laughs> I would take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> 30 minutes later, it might be loaded. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, it really did. And that is part of what shaped our internet as it is. So people who loved the X-Files <laughs> called themselves... X Files, P H I L E S. Yep, yep. That is a <laughs> moniker that I self identified by. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yep I can't wait to hear about this. Ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> um, so here's a quote from CNN about this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Um, CNN wrote about it. Uh, the show's peak popularity in the mid to late 90s coincided with the proliferating use of the internet, where fans, self proclaimed X Files, gathered to debate theories and behind-the-scenes gossip while posting fan fiction, fan art, and more. Oh, wow. This is from a 2023 article. Yes. This is from, like, recently. Yes. Wow. I'm telling you, Lauren. There's Wowzers. a reason we're talking about this. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh -huh. and, 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 yeah, like, like in, in addition to... I really do think it, it dovetailed with the internet because the show lent itself to fandom so much because it raised so many questions mm -hmm. um, and did involve all of these mysteries and little pieces yeah. of lore and, and, and bits of conspiracy. Um, and, you know, like it was a little less niche and and sexier than other nerd dramas of the era, like like Star Trek The Next Generation. Like people who would not be caught dead watching Star Trek right. thought X-Files was cool. Right. And I think part of that was maybe they'll get together. I mean... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> which <laughs> leads us to fan fiction. <laughs> As you know, I love to talk about listeners. Um, I am shocked. I never read X Files fan fiction. Really? No. Oh, wow. You know what I started on? What? Lord of the Rings. Oh, God. Wow. Wow. Yes. You are younger than me. That's great. <laughs> That's bonkers. Um, yeah, I was probably like Sailor Moon and yeah. X Files were two of my earliest. Okay, like, was there some good X Files? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but it filled a need. 
It did. It did. Um, uh, I definitely, I don't think I ever wrote any particularly. Like I, I, I did write a class assignment like that featured Mulder because you had to like describe oh. someone in detail. So, and I was like, I can do that. And then it's not a real person. So I'm not going to insult anybody. That's great. Right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah. I wasn't into the writing part at that point. <laughs> okay. I, I should check it out. Because it, I'm sure it's still there. I'm positive it is. And the community is still there. <laughs> I wrote a, a Lord of the Rings fan fiction and I had a friend read it. And she was like, they kissed for four minutes. <laughs> and I was like, is that not normal? She was like, no. <laughs> and then I didn't post it. Oh, <laughs> No, it was good. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry that you were discouraged, but I'm glad that it was for good reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I just love that she was like, no. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but, but like, definitely, I, yes, like, I, it was clear to me and all of my friends that Mulder and Scully wanted, were, were yeah. We're going to get together. We're going to get together. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was rooting for it for a very long time okay. until it happened. And then I was mad. <laughs> Ooh, I can't wait to talk about that. Yes. Um, so my friend who discouraged me from posting this fan fiction, she also was a huge, she was the same one I listened on the phone with. She oh, was like, they're uh-huh. going to get together. She was giving me all these clues oh. and like, see this look and all of these things. I was like, oh, I don't know. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. As I've said many times, The X-Files was one of the first large fanfiction communities online. And uh, it was so big that uh, the Scotland Yard investigated. 
because they thought <laughs> that uh, it was a cult and <laughs> perhaps they should intervene. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, sort of a cult. They did not need to intervene. <laughs> no one, it's no. It's just like they looked intensely at each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which brings us to shipping at last. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, you can see our episode for shipping we did recently for more about this. But shipping or relationshiping is what it sounds like. It can look a million different ways. Anyway, you can imagine, but it's oh, a- yeah. essentially putting people or peoples into a relationship. Uh, Who are not canonically. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and even real life people. Um, oh, yes. That creeps me out. But yes, that does happen. Um, and it involves often like fan works, uh, fan fiction, music, fan art. Fan it, it, videos. It, sure. Like yeah. a community around like. Again, did you see this look or yeah. did you see this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and very, right. And especially with the internet, very immediate and very intense. Yes. Yes. And uh, they are also anti-shippers. I, w- I, would, I was going to say or no Romos, but I actually think they're different. Okay. So anti-shippers, I would say, are somebody who are like, I don't want this ship to happen. Uh. And I hate this ship. <laughs> Um, I would say no, Romos are more like, I just don't want romance. Okay. Um, All right. That's my experience. Again, you can listen to our shipping episode where we talked about how that went really wrong on Tumblr. But um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the in either case, they can be just as passionate as shippers in like, I really don't want this to happen. And some of the earliest online no Romos felt like they lost. When Mulder and Scully, their relationship became canon. They were like, oh, this war. Yeah. We have, uh, <laughs> we have to lay down our weapons. Yes. <laughs> I have been defeated by their smooches. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, as it turns out, like, I guess I just wanted the unresolved sexual tension. Yes. I, that's what I did. That's what I enjoyed. I didn't actually want it to happen on the show. Mm-hmm. I I liked I liked the tension. Right. So I talked about this in our shipping episode. Sometimes I think you can ship something, but by shipping it, you don't actually want it to ever happen. Right. You kind of just like the idea of what it might be. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And also there are plenty of examples of yes, when the ship becomes canon, it did not go how you wanted it to. <laughs> oh, oh, that too. That too, absolutely. Like mm-hmm. which is one of the purposes of fan fiction is to, you know, like create something that 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 the way that that you would do it. Mm-hmm. And once once you've done that, then you can be setting yourself up for failure in terms of like what actually comes next and what the creators choose to do. Right. Exactly. And I would also say there are and I would put myself in this category, they're multi-shippers. Like I could just ship like, oh yeah, sure. Them. Yeah. I don't know. Great. That sounds nice. Yeah, right. Um, That's fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have a particular attachment a lot of the time, right? Yeah. To a particular, especially in like a like a team up kind of thing, like a, like an Avengers universe yeah. kind of thing like that. I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. Let's see what yeah. they would be like in a relationship. Yeah. Whatever, cool. But I don't ever want it to happen usually. I'm just kind of like, oh, I'm interested. Huh? Yeah, right, right. You could read it that way. You could read it this other way. <laughs> right. How interesting. Exactly. It's like a fun little science experiment, right? You're it just like, is. I don't know how it's going to go. Yeah, but it is interesting with the show like X-Files where you do have like, in a very heteronormative sense, like this attractive woman, attractive man. And it was like, 
Are they? But are they? Are they? <laughs> are they? <laughs> when? When yeah. will it happen? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so, right, I, I had literally no idea that the word shipping was invented with the X-Files fandom. Yes, it was. I didn't know that either. Like, uh, we have been doing it since we've been creating entertainment. But the term shipping, relationshiping, was first used in 1993 in X-Files fandom. And the fun part of this is, it's all online. You can see all <laughs> these old posts. They've been archived oh, and it's no. beautiful. Oh, dear. <laughs> yes. That makes me suspect that probably some of my very embarrassing, like, 13-year-old, like, oh, like, like, yes. like, fan theories about stuff are out there somewhere. The truth the is out, out the posts there. are out there. <laughs> yes. Oh, <no>. yes. <laughs> oh, they're great. Like, oh, heck. It is, it, <laughs> I, I recommend looking it up. But yeah, uh, interestingly to me, because shipping has gone mainstream now, people use it all the time. But at, at this point, it was viewed as something strange people did. Like, what are you doing? You don't, you don't think this show is perfect? You're trying oh. to do your own thing? Like, <laughs> oh, you're not a real fan. Uh, huh. And there would be email attacks. They would get harassed. Like, it was very... So some of the posts you'll see were like, hey, I'm doing my shipping thing, but I'm not bothering you. Like... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, 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 you can feel however you want to about it. This is just how I feel. Exactly. That's, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, it, huh. and even, I don't think- even some of them said, like, I don't, I don't even want it to become a romance show. That's like like the <laughs> right. last thing I want. Yeah, I just am kind of exploring this sure aspect of it. Yeah, I'm just saying that they want a bone <laughs> because I just they... want to smush their faces. Yeah, together. <laughs> they're both attractive faces that it, it would look nice. Yeah, yeah. kind of. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I did read. I don't know if this is true. I haven't really looked into it, but I did read that UST. Unresolved sexual tension, as you said, mm-hmm. was also from X Files. I also oh, yeah. heard MSR, Mulder Scully Romance, <laughs> uh, was a whole term. Okay, I don't remember that one, but sure. And then I want to read this quote again from CNN. Um, but there's no denying how much the online discourse revolved around the Mulder and Scully pairing, whether it involved shippers. And no Romos, good naturedly, good naturedly, are in all seriousness flaming each other in online forums or Mulder slash Scully fanfiction or fan videos set to schmaltzy love songs. Oh yeah, yes. Oh yeah. Oh dear. Mm-hmm. Fan videos, man. Fan video. Oh, I would watch them when I was younger. I would be like, yes, <laughs> the proof I needed. Um, but I also forgot about flaming. Yep, 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 yep. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, let we'll, we're we're gonna get into the impact. But again, uh, just so you know, if you're hearing anything around us, um, you are listening to stuff I'm never told you with. Lauren Vogelbaum, guest host. Thank you so much. (laughs) Live at the iHeart Podcast Studio, powered by Bose at the House of Music at iHeart Radio Music Festival. It's fun to be talking about the X-Files with all of this (laughs) going on outside. I wish we could showcase what's happening. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. There's just people walking by and kind of kind of waving or just sort of staring, being a little bit confused that, yeah, I'm just talking about my fanfic 
feels about Mulder and Scully. It feels right. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. We are we are the in the nineties, the weirdos that are <laughs> quarantined from people going to do other things. Yes. Um, oh heck. But yeah, we did we did want to talk about the impact that this show had and, and Scully had. Oh sure, right. Because like, all right, like like when X Files really uh, in general, just paved the way for other genre fiction in television. Like, like it, it did dovetail with the launch of the Sci-Fi Channel in 1992. Um, but like, without X Files, I don't think we would have had Lost or Buffy or certainly Fringe or Supernatural or like Rick and Morty or you know, on and on. Um, it kind of created its own genre of what we were talking about earlier, of like long-running TV series that have main recurring characters um, and like an overall plot arc-ish, um, uh, but are also allowed to play from episode to episode within the broader realm of what genre fiction is or, or what, it, what it can be. And yeah, like, like even in the same episode sometimes, bouncing from horror to mystery to drama to comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you haven't watched this, listeners, like some of the episodes they'll stay with you. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah. Some of them are very hecking upsetting. Yeah. I did not watch Home ever again. Yes. That one's well, yep. We talked about that one in the Bridget episode. Or I think I, I might have watched it like one other time. I was like, maybe, maybe, nope, still very upsetting. <laughs> nope, yes. still don't like that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was one of those episodes that was like, oh, there's no supernatural part to this one, really. Just people. <laughs> Just people Just being people. terrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, that episode got banned from ever being aired again. Yep. Sure did. Sure did. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, like some of the some of the images and some of the, I still think of the, there was one episode where um, Scully got a tattoo and started tripping out. And like, there was all of this bad stuff happening. And I still think about that one. I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ooh. And, and it has had, I was reading a list of like all of the instances the X-Files has appeared in like songs or other media. And it's yeah. just, it's a huge list. It, oh, yeah. it had this really big impact. Um, and Scully did too. Uh, she, people loved her. Like she was really critically acclaimed um, and and she stuck around. Uh, she has a Barbie, which I love. <laughs> uh, she's yeah. always on these lists of iconic heroines that have often inspired other iconic heroines in media. And she, the legacy of her, a lot of, of people write is she encouraged a whole generation of young women, of young girls, to think about a career in STEM, whether they, they pursued it or not. Like, yeah. just to think like, oh, oh, maybe I want to do that. Yeah, I can do that. She's doing that She's so doing well. That. She's so professional and good at this job. And maybe, yeah, maybe I could. Yeah, yeah why not? Yes, yes. Um, and let us talk about that a minute. So we did do the episode with Bridget where she really broke this down. Yeah really well so check that out but just just in case since we're doing kind of a like roundup of all well, of sure. our x-files news <laughs> just put it all in one place yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah just totally. to put it in one place <laughs> um so the scully effect is essentially something 
that has been studied by the Gina Davis Institute. Which I love. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Uh, 2,000 women they surveyed, they found, quote, among the women who are familiar with the character, 50% say Scully increased their interest in STEM, and 43% say that they considered working in STEM because of her. Wow. 91% that knew of her said she was a good role model. And it was great reading the stories people wrote. Uh, they were they would talk about like just sitting around and watching the show uh, with friends and being like inspired. Like, oh, oh Caleb, that's maybe so I'm gonna cool. go do that, isn't it? That's so cool. Yes. It kind of had the opposite effect for me. I was like, I definitely couldn't <laughs> do an autopsy. I could never do an autopsy in my life. I'm not going to go into that one, but. But, but but appreciate still appreciate the yeah. role model, of course. Yeah, well, I mean, that's also fair. Sometimes yeah. you get to recognize, like, that. <laughs> I could do it, but it's not for me. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, and I do love um, when Jillian Anderson was asked about this. She said, we got a lot of letters all the time, and I was told quite frequently by girls who were going into the medical world or the science world or the FBI world or other worlds that I reigned, that, that they were pursuing those pursuits because of the character of Scully. And I said, yay. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> Isn't it? That's really cool. I love it so much. Oh. 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 And that's the, that, that's the importance of representation. Representation isn't everything, but it is important. Like, if you're watching something as a kid at 3 a.m., you're huddled <laughs> in front of the TV, and you're like, oh, I want to be like her. Oh, I could do it. Um, yeah, she can do it. Like, that's important. It is important. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. More of that. More of that, please. Yes, yes. But this brings us to our final note, <laughs> and I wanted to put this in here because I love it, but also because Samantha did threaten me if I don't talk about the book. Uh, we we do mention <laughs> Scully's pantsuits in the oh, Spinty book. Okay, okay. Yes. So. <laughs> One thing people love about this character are her pantsuits. Um, oh, yeah. There are tumblers. <laughs> Just pantsuits. That's amazing. Yes. I am so proud of the internet for that. That's beautiful. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, if, so if, you're, if you're unfamiliar with the show, um, uh, she, she was always wearing, or most of the time, like her professional business attire was these big suits, like these big puffy suit jackets <laughs> and long trench coats and uh, tapered pants. And uh, and that evolved over time as style evolved. Um, but, uh, but yeah, certainly in the beginning in 1993, <laughs> um, it was that very boxy concept of the early 90s. And then as third wave feminism um, really hit pop culture and we started getting uh, you know, the, 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 the Buffy Summers and the Cher uh, Horowitzes and um, uh, the Spice Girls of the world. Then, you know, like like outfits started changing and, and, and business attire for women started becoming hyper feminine in some ways and like certainly more sleek, but, um, but less based on menswear and less uh, giant shoulder pads. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And you can see our, uh, the profile we did on Dana Scully for more about that, because I do love talking about her pantsuits. <laughs> um, but they are very popular. A lot of people call it competence core. Yeah. Um, huh. And they, you can trace 
kind of what you were talking about, how her costuming changed. And there is an interesting narrative of like, fitting into a male space by wearing more male clothes and then more traditionally male uh, clothes and then moving away from that. And what does that mean? Um, but it is fascinating. I, I'm a big, let's talk about costuming person. So. Oh gosh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and and as a character too, you know, like like she's going through all of these changes and yeah. she's getting a lot more, she, she kind of rediscovers herself throughout the course of the show mm-hmm. um, and, and what she wants that to be and right. what that can be. Right. <sighs> I have the most epic shoulder pad. <laughs> It's a dress suit. It's not a pantsuit. Okay. I think it's my mom's, but it might be one of her sisters. Okay. But it's it's magenta. Oh my goodness. And it has roses like like embroidered. embroidered. <laughs> and it is the most like feminine business power dress suit. Wow. You can imagine. That's amazing. And I still have it because yeah, I yeah you do. I love it. Honestly. You should never let that go. <laughs> That's be- that sounds beautiful and very intense at the same time. Every time I wear it, it adds like inches <laughs> out of my shoulder. Yeah. Oh heck, for sure. Um, so I graduated high school in the year two thousand, and um, while this show was still very much a thing, and for sure the like interview suit that I went yeah. out and bought was a double-breasted pinstripe suit. Yes. With it, it's a Scully suit. It's it, that's what it is. That's just what it's like it is. Like low key cosplay. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I've I've never I've never actually done a Scully like a full Scully cosplay. Mm-hmm. But the suit's right there. I mean. I know. And we talked about. Well, I said I might cosplay as Scully, and then I just didn't. Oh, right. But, yeah. Oh, I was oh. so sad when I heard that. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to show up to this. And then I was like, but my backpack is minutes from breaking, oh. which it really is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, maybe. Maybe someday. Maybe yeah. someday. And we can always just casual cosplay some Scully. Like, I mean, That's we can true. We can just show up to the next like work meeting or whatever it is, like in, both in our... <laughs> See if anyone realizes what it is. I love that game. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, you're good at that game. I am good at that game. <laughs> it's a strange sense of accomplishment when no one realizes it. Sure. But then it's also like appreciation when someone does. It's a strange... Totally. Uh, well, uh, any closing <laughs> thoughts on the X-Files, Lord? Um, you know, uh, it gave us the gift of Gillian Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, she did write and direct an episode in one of the later seasons. I want to say season eight-ish, maybe. Um, and, you know, like, I'm so glad that she's been able to have a lovely career and uh, because I enjoy watching her. Um, it's so fun whenever she's in anything. Um, yeah. And her British accent is so on point. (laughs) (laughs) I think you guys talked about that too. Um, And yeah, yeah. I like what a, what a weird 30 years ago. That's fine. (laughs) That's great. That's great. That's fine. Yeah. A lot of things. Jurassic Park as well. Oh, wow. Heck. Which I also got trouble for (laughs) watching. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> this is 1993 it was a risky year for me apparently yeah <laughs> a lot of groundings happened that year <laughs> yeah I mean I think it's 
it's fascinating to look back at the impact it's had, especially now when we didn't know what the internet was going to be. We didn't sure. know it was gonna gonna become this thing. And the creators didn't know, we didn't know the X-Files was going to be such a big part of that. Um, and how much it did impact. Uh, fan communities were largely women. And then like the Scully, the Scully effect. The Scully effect. Like, that's amazing. That's so cool. That is. That is the coolest thing about this weird genre <laughs> <laughs> television <laughs> show from the 1990s. <laughs> it is. I would love to hear from listeners if you haven't watched it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Go and watch it and let us know what you think. Yes, yes, yeah. Let us let us know. Maybe 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 do it in two parts. Like, let us know what you think it's going to be based on this episode. If you got all the way through this episode, having no, I have never watched it. <laughs> yes. And then the after, the after. Yes. Take. Oh my gosh! If anyone wants to I'm, just like constantly yeah. update us, like what? Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I've just given you homework, but yeah, yeah. That that would be fabulous. It's great homework though. <laughs> It's very fun homework. <laughs> it is good homework. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Lauren, for guesting on oh, this. This was so fun. It was. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, of course. Uh, <laughs> in, in this wild environment, we're going to try to get some pictures. And post yeah, them. yeah, it's pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> but lovely. Uh, thanks so much to, to iHeart and to Bose for having us here. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. If you want to let us know, about your X-Files watching. Yes. You can. Uh, you can email us at Stephanie and MomStuff at iHeartMedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Stuff Woman Ever Told You. We have a tea Public store. And we do have a book oh, yeah. where we talk about Dana Scully. <laughs> <laughs> you can get it at StephYouShouldReadBooks.com. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina, our executive producer, Maya, and our contributor, Joey. And special thanks to Paul, who is here, helping us out, friend of the show, mm-hmm. uh, at, this, at this event. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is production by iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.